This is Sunday 16 Presents. Hello everybody, welcome to uh, episode 8 of the Quirky Camera Podcast with Ian Fleming. This week I thought I'd talk about three cameras, one by Minolta, one by Polaroid, as usual on my podcast, there's a Polaroid included, and one by Kodak. I'm also going to cover developing tanks for 116 film and 70mm. I discussed developing the film in my last episode podcast but i didn't give you details of the tanks so i thought i'd do that as well and latterly i'm going to talk about traveling to europe with film cameras and film my recent experience on a return trip to majorca so uh, let's start with the first camera so the first camera we have is a uh, by minolta and it's the minolta al it's a rangefinder and uh, these are a bit undervalued i think I got this for £25 on eBay plus shipping, about £3. This is seems to be quite a good example. I did have one of these I sold uh, and then regretted it. So I bought one back and the one I bought back is better than the one I sold. This has a nice uh, Rockor F2 lens, 45mm uh, lens. And it's got a Citizen shutter which goes from a second to one thousandth. I'll just give you a... There you go. That's at one twenty-fifth, and um, it comes with a coupled selenium cell light meter, which in my case seems to work. I've checked it against a couple of other light meters, and it seems pretty good. The contact on the, I think, on the settings on the lens on the aperture and and shutter is sometimes a bit uh, iffy, but you basically just set the shutter speed and the aperture until the light meter is in the middle. And that gives you uh, your light meter reading. Um, it's a selenium cell, a nice bright rangefinder. Underneath the frame counters on the bottom of the camera, but that's not such a big problem. Mine came with its uh, original um, Ever Ready case, which I suspect is why the light meter works. Usually, if the selenium meters have been kept in the dark, they work. The lens on mine is beautifully clean. Uh, no fungus or anything. And if I look inside the camera, absolutely minty clean in the back. So for £25, I've got quite a nice rangefinder camera. Um, 35mm rangefinder for 25 quid. I don't see how you could go wrong with that. So even if the meter didn't work, you could obviously Sunny 16 it or use an external light meter. Uh, it's quite easy to focus. The handling's quite good uh, in terms of you know the um, helicoil on the uh, lens works nicely nice and smooth and the rangefinder's bright uh, all in all i think this is quite a good camera but be wary of these i've had a few that i've bought and had to send back where the lens is loose on the front and people have misdescribed it etc it takes it's, it will take a, a modern flash gun it's got a sink port um, and a uh, and a cold shoe mount uh, so just be wary if you're going to buy them. People 
tend to say I'm selling it for somebody else, the usual thing. But this one, I would say, is a good camera. For 25 quid, you get a good rangefinder, a 1961 rangefinder. This is the uh, Minolta AL. The next camera this week is a Polaroid. This is not one to buy to shoot film on. Well, there is a way of shooting film on this, but not instant film, as far as I know. This is the Polaroid uh, Swinger number two. So these are probably the camera that really got Polaroid into the mass market. After they did the original um, 95As and things with roll film, uh, Polaroid roll film, this came next, which is sort of the first iteration that's getting close to pack film. So you pulled out, the rolls were merged in the camera, the negative and positive rolls. Uh, so the... Um, you know the print roll had a um pods on it etc uh and you pull this out this produced black and white film uh two and a quarter by three and a quarter these have got the same aperture and um control and uh exposure uh help that you find on the swinger 3000 which is you've got a knob which is the shutter which you can also turn and if you squeeze the red sides of the knob you get in the viewfind you get um a yes indication and when the yes is clear not all covered in dots uh you know you're good to go to shoot you just turn the knob to shoot um so with this I have never found any film available that works. Despite this being a really popular camera in its day, uh, I've never found any film that works for these. Um, uh, if you do buy film for these, it's really to put on the shelf to go with the camera to show uh, how the whole thing went together. This also has the, the batteries for the exposure system inside behind the lens, much like on the later... Um, square shooters and the polaroid 100 pack film cameras where the batteries went inside the camera uh, so that if the batteries went flashing you got a film in you're a bit tuckered mate basically um, so the polaroid uh, swinger 2 um, which was a very very popular camera i think basically lots of these were sold with the film in the box people used the film but didn't buy much more film because probably as ever with polaroid the film was probably quite expensive um it's uh, quite a nice little camera. I've got mine in my sort of Polaroid collection, not uh, to be used to taking film. But if you go on the internet, you'll find somewhere, do around, Google around, and you'll find someone's done a way of shooting 120 in this, uh, which you can do. You end up pulling the backing paper out uh, where the film prints would have come out, and you end up with all your um, uh, unexposed neg on the take-up side, uh, your 120 neg so you can run a roll of 20 through this uh, apparently uh, i've not tried it yet so that is the polaroid swinger 2 the last camera i have for you this week is a 126 again an instamatic and i chose this because this is really a good looker from the beatles era this is the instamatic 304 again this has a selenium meter to control um, the exposure on it and these if they're again in the um ever ready case which this one is the work the meter will probably work what happens is the selenium cell controls a little um piece of metal that just moves across the um behind the lens to, to re reduce or increase the amount of light 
if you're going to use these cameras with reloads or with um, the Fatmatic, the trick is once you've taken the picture, um, hold the shutter down and generally nudge the wind and don't give it the big flick like you would if you had a cartridge in. Gently nudge it along until you get to your next frame. Mine's currently got a Fatmatic in uh, with home perforated one two um, portra, which I've obviously had to tape up the whole camera in black around the back to stop light leaks. Um, I quite like the 304, if you look at it, it's a classic from its era, it's a good little looker, and it works quite well. I've taken pictures with these and they produce quite reasonable results. Um, you can put a flash cube on the top, the batteries for the flash cube go in the bottom, it's a, a flash that needs batteries, um, but I don't usually bother, I just take it um, as is. I recommend this for a, a bit of fun and that classic retro 60s look, the Instamatic 304 from Kodak. In the last episode, uh, I discussed developing a 70mm 116 film, uh, and I didn't really touch on the solutions for tanks and spirals, which is a bit critical. So I managed to do my first, uh, actually 65mm, with a tank which is American, which was recommended by Mike Razzo uh, of FPP, but you can buy these over here quite easily. This is the FR Special. And this was designed for 116 um, and all the other, you know, 120, etc. But what you do to do 65mm, you move the top spiral up till it fits 65, not, doesn't click into the 116 70mm position. Um, with all of these, um, you need a bit of film that you're happy to waste to set the actual spool uh, width correctly, I would suggest. So this one needs using loading like a Hughes reel, which is you're supposed to hook it on this terrible spike, which I didn't in the middle. I just used my fingers. And then you, you wind it on as, a, as with a Hughes metal spiral, which I did manage to get to work. Uh, but as I say, I didn't put, process this in its own tank because it seemed to me you couldn't do inversions. The chemistry would just run out everywhere. So I put this in a Patterson bigger tank and packed it out with another Patterson reel. So that is the FR Special uh, Model 2 uh, developing tank. So the next tank I've got which does work properly for 116 uh, is the Gnome Universal. This one you have to sort of push the uh, or gently ease the film in from the outer outside there are no um, ball bearings like a modern patterson reel uh, and this does do 116 would do 65 if you carefully nudge the um, reel in a bit uh, it's a big tank and this you probably again you can't invert because there's nothing to stop the, the chemistry coming out the top um, i got this this has never been used mint uh, i think like five quid on ebay so the gnome Universal Developing Tank for Roll Films, uh, a UK product. And latterly, I think here I've got probably the best solution finally. God bless Patterson. This is the Patterson Major 2 Developing Tank. So this is not designed for 116, but this has the classic ball bearing spiral. This is the probably the first version. But you can move the top part of the spiral up and down 
And so I've set this, and I have just got a higher in front of me, completely on, is a roll of 70mm, proper 116 film, uh, old Verichrome pan. Um, and I've got that on fine. And this, you do do what you do with a normal um, Patterson reel, you just rock it with the ball bearings. So I think if you want probably the best solution out of the three, uh, and the tank you could invert and uh, without the chemistry leaking out, probably the Patterson Major 2 developing tank. Again, all these old tanks can be picked up for a song on eBay because nobody wants them for anything much anymore. Um, you know, this one again came with all its original instructions and box. Uh, never used. I can't see any sign of it. The chemistry ever been anywhere near it, to be honest. Um, so I'll give you there three tanks which you can all use to develop a 116 or 70 millimeter film. Hope that's useful, guys. Right, my last experience I thought I'd share with you is uh, travelling uh, to Spain with my film cameras. So, uh, being in East Devon, we left from Exeter Airport, and I I'd put all my film in my um, hand baggage in a separate clear bag, uh, and my camera's not in the bag, but with them. And I explained to the guy uh, that we would uh, we got film cameras and film, and he said, "Oh, you don't need to worry about that." He said, "We're quite used to that. Uh, don't worry about taking it out of your hand baggage." So that's what I did, and, and I went to Spain and shot film, and then came back, uh, and at uh, Palma Airport, uh, the opposite happened. <laughs> Put it all, I assumed, well, be the same as the UK. No, uh, that wasn't the case. And when we, I put it all through and they rejected it. So top tip, when you're coming out of Europe, put your bag uh, with all your film, clear bag in a tray with the film cameras all out and don't leave that in your hand baggage. Otherwise, they'll, they'll kick you out and make you go around the loop again. Otherwise, I had a good experience. Uh, I'm shooting Adox Colour Mission in my XA2, so I'll report back on that. Uh, I also took my uh, Nikon L35AF, loaded as ever with a Ilford HP5, my go-to film, and uh, I took um, my uh, SX70, Polaroid SX70, the one that's been modified for 600 film, and I shot some black and yellow, duochrome, and uh, some uh, Polaroid uh, round film, 600 round film. So that's all for this week, guys. Um, i just like to say thanks for listening. Keep shooting film. Keep up the good work, everybody. All the best for now. Ian Fleming. <laughs>